0: What is up. Welcome to Modern Day Marketer. It is Friday and you know what that means. We are bringing you a conversation with a content person that matters. This week, I'm excited. I'm excited because I am joined by Michael Ashford. Michael Ashford is Director of Marketing at The Receptionist and he also has an awesome podcast called The Follow-Up Question. Now that is what we're going to dig into in this episode, the power and the importance of questions in marketing. I think that is something that we lose sight of at times, but man, when you really think about asking the right question and letting your curiosity take over, amazing things can come to the surface. Michael is an expert at this, so we're going to dig into that. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit that subscribe button. Most importantly, tell a damn marketing friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I'm excited for today's episode. I am joined by Michael Ashford. He is the host of the follow up question and also the director of marketing at The Receptionist. He was brought to me through a referral of a mutual friend, which I think is always the best opportunity to meet new people. Today's topic we're going to be talking about how to ask the right questions in marketing. Had some technical difficulty. We're here now, um, but without further ado, welcome, Michael. How are you?
1: Hey, Brett. Thanks for having me. And yeah, good to, good to be here. Referrals are our marketer's best friend, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, happy, happy we could set this up. and looking forward to uh, talking about asking better questions.
0: Yeah. And before we jump into that, I have to ask. So I was doing some scoping out on your uh, LinkedIn and your background, and there's a couple of things I want to ask you about first because it was in your profile and it yeah. stood out to me. The first thing is you you put, I work best when demands for growth fall in the category of it's never been done before. And that struck me. And I'd love for you to maybe unpack that a little bit, because I think that might help set the stage for the audience to learn a little bit about you and kind of your philosophy with marketing.
1: It's really, if I simplify that phrase down, I'm trying to say, I like being challenged. I love the challenge of coming into a, a role or into a company where they've got big goals. And to reach those goals, it's going to take doing things different, different than the way we've always done it or different than you know, has even been considered in, in the past. And that I used to be really, really conscious, self-conscious, I should say, about the fact that I didn't have a formal marketing background. Now, I think that's absolutely a strength. And, and the ability to bring that into my role as a marketer, as a marketing leader, uh, that I love it. And, and so,
0: yeah, put those, put those demands on me. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> I, I think so much of the marketing that we see in B2B is a lot of the same where someone does something successful, runs a campaign, hosts this event, um, tries this experiment, and it's successful. And then other marketers or other brands then look at that and try to replicate it, rinse and repeat. So I think what I love about what you just said is that there's so much opportunity and kind of thinking outside the box and doing stuff that other companies, brands, marketers aren't doing. And really, you might not hit it out of the park every time, but when you do, it's an opportunity to stand out. And that's what we're trying to do as marketers, stand out and earn others attention.
1: And there's there's nuance to it as well, right? I've always said, you know, you, you want 1,000 leads, I can get you 1,000 leads. Is my sales director and the sales team going to hate me and my team for those 1,000 leads or are they going to love me? There's there's nuance needed in that answer in terms of, you know, demand for growth never been done before. I want to build it the quote unquote right way. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to talk about. And a lot of what your show is about, man, is, uh, you know... Getting out of this, I-, I loved the episode a couple from from when we're recording today, where you're talking about gated versus ungated content what is the value of an MQL? Like those are the conversations we need to be having as marketers and and getting real honest with ourselves and, and asking the question: like, is this something I would like? Is this something I would would appreciate or engage with? I hate the phrase engage with. Is this something that would attract my attention enough to Want to interact with this company more. Like we gotta, we gotta get real honest and ask questions of ourselves first before we ever start asking questions of other people. So there's
0: a lot of nuance and complexity in that answer. I'm excited to dive in. I think this is gonna be a good conversation just based on what I just heard there. I think a, a skill and a trait, and that I I always think that. I possess as an individual and then it translates over to be a marketer and it helps me be a better marketer. And through my observations of talking with a bunch of people and learning about uh, what makes them great marketers, the one thing that always rises to the top for me, and I think it aligns with today's topic, is just like this element of curiosity where it's not following the status quo, not doing what everyone else is doing. But being curious and starting to ask questions why and dig into questions and learn from those questions because it unpacks a bunch of information. So that's what we're going to dive into. but I'd love maybe just from like as we to, as a setup, like curiosity and marketing, like how big and important of a skill or trait do you believe that is in in order to become like a successful marketer today?
1: I'll frame this as a marketer, but this is easily extensible to us as people and in a society. Like, I, I came across recently uh, something that I absolutely love from Monica Guzman. She's a, a journalist. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing her on my show here in a little bit. And she gave a great, brilliant TED talk that the, the opposite or the enemy of curiosity is certainty. When we are so certain that we have the answer, that we know how our product works and how our customers use it, that we know the messaging that's going to resonate them when when we have that ego of certainty, we miss so much, man. Like when but when we go in and ask questions first of ourselves, and then we begin asking questions about others, and then we ask questions of others, when we kind of follow that trajectory. We can learn so much in our storytelling. The, the stuff we produce as marketers, as creators, becomes so much more enriched when we follow our curiosity versus we, what's the word? We, we blast out our certainty. Like <laughs> when we think we have the, like if you believe that your views and your way of doing things are infallible, then we have nothing to talk about. But if you believe that you're not seeing quite, Everything that you possibly could then the truth lies somewhere in that search, that curiosity, that that constant drive to continue to ask more and more and more questions of what's out there, what are people engaging with, what do people like, what are people like what's actually going to hook people, grab their attention and make them want to
0: hear what I have to say then why is so much of the marketing today coming from the perspective of? I am the thought leader, I am the expert, I am going to tell you how to think or what to do. It seems to me, if we all understand the power of curiosity, the stronger we can be as marketers and as brand builders is to be curious, bring other people into our marketing efforts, ask them questions, and if what they're saying or what they're about aligns with our philosophy as a marketer or our brand, then we should be facilitating those conversations as opposed to us standing up on a soapbox telling everyone how to think or what they should be doing in order to make them a, a better marketer, in order them, for them to come use our product. So it just seems like it's the it, the, the norm is, is is flipped based on what you just described.
1: Because it feels really good to have the answer. It feels really good to have the mic drop moment or the, the thing. like We all want that. And, and we're also told in a lot of ways in, in traditional marketing, I'll, I'll go back pre-internet days, that's how traditional marketing was done. And there are even some companies, some traditional companies that you see still doing it that way. The, the best example that I, I love to give that I go to all the time is freaking car commercials, man. Like if you think about if you think about those ridiculous Chevy commercials that we've seen over the last several years where like cars were dropping down from the ceiling and uh, the 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 customers in air quotes were like, "Oh my gosh, look at all this." And then they were touting their JD Power awards. They were trying to be the expert. Like who who says that that's the best car? Who says that that's the best truck? That's that's a personal thing that, you know, I may think that a, a A Toyota is the best truck because it was my first. And it has so many memories from high school, like driving around with my friends or, you know, hanging out by the lake in the back of the truck. Like, just that's my reason for Toyota being the best truck. It has nothing to do with the actual quality of the vehicle. (laughs) But then you look at how Subaru has messaged their product and they've told a story. They've told us that it's love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And as a parent, I'm thinking I'm watching a Subaru commercial. And the, the one of the most recent ones that was the most impactful to me is the mom staring at the window. You can tell she's kind of nervous. She's looking around, she's looking up and down the street. And in her head, it flips to all these scenarios and situations that a parent runs through when their child gets in a car. I'm texting and I'm spinning on the top, like I'm, my car is upside down and it's spinning around, or I about get broadsided by a semi-truck. And when I see that car pull in the driveway and that mom's face just kind of, that's a story that I can connect with, man. And that's that's Subaru not being certain of the message that we're the best. That's Subaru saying, I'm going to be curious about why why a parent would connect with us the most. What would resonate the most? To use Jay, who set up this this, uh, (laughs) our conversation to use Jay Akunzo's word. I I attribute it to him. It's It's, his word. It's, it's the resonance, man. It's the, it's the story. It's the thing that proves like Subaru didn't have to come out and say, we're the safest car for parents. Here are all the awards. And here's all the safety records that we've won. They showed us. And that's so much more powerful.
0: And maybe I am a, uh, I guess I'm, I'm, you just validated why I'm a, not only a marketer, but maybe a sucker for good marketing because I am a owner of a Subaru Forester. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, 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 and you're right. I think it's probably a little bit, it's it's the storytelling that probably got my wife and I in and now being new parents. And that's, I've definitely seen that spot, but yeah, it's it's all those elements. Yeah. You have to have a good product or whatever, but in order to like get in and to be in that room where you're dealing with someone trying to sell you the car and you end up buying a car, it usually takes that story or the positioning. So I love the car example. Uh, Let's dive into just like your background and just, I think one of the themes I've pulled from just my year of exploration of trying to identify the modern day marketers that a lot of really great marketers in B2B right now have a background in journalism. And I think it's this, Element of investigation, this element of curiosity that people who were former journalists are bringing into these companies, and it's different than maybe traditional B two B marketing, and it's helping push brands forward in a way that they haven't they have they haven't experienced in the past. So I just love to like maybe understand just like your background journalism, like how that's impacted the current work that you're you're doing with just the podcast or just with um, you know day to day job.
1: So I graduated from Kansas State University with a degree in journalism and mass comm. And right after college, I went to work as the sports editor at a small daily newspaper in, in, uh, in Kansas, Emporia, Kansas, about 24,000 people. If you think about the life of a sports writer, and, and that's really the life that I know, especially these days, when a sports writer goes to write a story, everyone already knows what happened they've already seen twitter they've seen the score they've seen the espn you know app highlights they've they probably watched the game streaming while they were riding the the train into work or the <laughs> the bus into work like we already know what happened so the job of a sports writer in particular which is of course the world that i know you've got to find the hook the angle the the new way of crafting that narrative that not only gives people a different perspective but gets them to to continue to read what they already know. That's a really hard thing to do. And so when we flip that into the marketing world, we so often think with our product and our messaging and the the words that we put on our website and how we message on social media, that everyone already knows what we know. And if we could take a step back as marketers and, and ask, what might I be missing? What don't I, what am I not getting? What don't I know about how are, how people see this product, how they're using our product? And you begin to ask those questions. That's what a journalist is really good at. And then taking those questions, taking what they learn, taking those open-ended questions where they're removing assumptions and opinions about what they think they know and crafting that into a narrative or to use the the marketer's angle to craft it into content and and information that gets people to become curious and interested in what you've got going on, that's a journalist's job. Now, now, an, an investigative journalist is probably gonna have a very different answer to that, but I'm not an investigative journalist. And so I don't know. <laughs> but the the idea is the is the same in that journalists are trained to be curious to try and as much as possible, remove assumptions from the questions that they're answering and get a, get a well-balanced, nuanced, complex view of an issue. And I think that's needed in marketing to, to accurately portray what it is we actually do.
0: So, so much of, uh, I think just inherently in marketers were very, very ambitious people. And, we at this personal use case like starting my career it was chip ship ship do 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 like push 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 publish 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 and i i reflect back on that now and just think about all of the missed opportunities and how like my mindset started to shift when i took a step back and started to observe do more research ask questions and gather the information and then go do the thing And I feel like the, to me, that's helped me over the last, you know, few years level up just the way I do marketing for whatever companies I'm working for. So while I think it's important for us to be producers too, you're suggesting it's definitely important for us to, to, to do the research and to listen, like, what is your perspective on just like the balance between the two, like the balance between like listening, the between the balance of like communicating, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we still have to ship, right? We still have to put stuff out there and, and whether we like it or not, generate leads. Usually that number goes up. I don't know of a, I've never been told, Hey, bring us fewer leads this month, <laughs> um, fewer opportunities to to actually sell stuff. Uh, I've never had a sales director or a CEO come to me and say that. So we, we do have a, we, the onus is on us to ship really great stuff. The, the balance between listening and, and creating, was that the question or commun- communicating our information? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question, man. I'm going to have to think about it for a second. If I, as a marketer, am not listening well, then I begin to craft only the narrative that I've already created myself. And that, that comes out in the content. And then we get real comfortable with that content and we're kind of producing the same stuff over and over again. And when we're not listening, we're missing opportunities to tell a different story, to share perhaps a different perspective, to give another use case. Great example of this. I was just on a customer call last two weeks ago. And you know, we're a visitor management system at the receptionist, and we we do case studies or feature we call them featured business stories for our website and our social media all the time. And one of the questions that I asked was about a specific feature. And I was just like, huh, something you said right there. Can you explain that further? How do you use that again? And and what it ended up being was they used our visitor management system to screen out people that they didn't want to talk to. And we hadn't been messaging that feature of our system that way before. But then we started to ask, well, how many other people use it that way? Like how many people use this two-way communication feature in our system to tell people, I don't have an appointment with you, go away. (laughs) And that's not a pleasant, that's not a pleasant, uh, you know, idea at first thought, like, oh, do we really want to message that? Well, maybe, maybe if that's how people are using the system, maybe that's really, really freaking advantageous for them. So listening, communicating what you're hearing through listening is ultimately what I think helps us produce better content. We may have to slow down our process a little bit to do that, but it's going to be more resonant in the work that we do.
0: I'm I'm guessing that like this is like it's not overly prescriptive, and I think it probably takes some reps, reps and sets. But like my example, in terms of like asking questions, and I'd love to dig into just your thoughts on just the art or like the the process for at, being able to and having confidence and to ask the right questions. But when I was like starting the show. I would have conversations with marketers and we, you know, before we hit record, we'd chat and I'd learn a little bit more. And I started to pull some themes and I started to pull some themes. And these themes uh, really were around the idea of like, I have to do these things in my job because it's how B2B marketing has always done certain things. And so as I picked this up from a bunch of different individuals, the night, three months in, on these intro calls, I finally asked like, Hey, I've been hearing a lot of different things, but I just want to know, like, what, what do you think sucks about B2B marketing? And what are you doing in your role to make it better? And when I started asking that question, it was like, I could like hold the phone, just let it would rant 30 minutes. And it was like, I'd almost be like, I wish I could hit record right now because there's these people are coming from a place of passion. They're coming from a place of experience and the content was, was gold. What I had learned and what I figured out when I started asking the question is just like what they hit on. Those are the topics in some of these calls that are podcast episodes that we should, we should launch. So I learned just through a series of conversations, what the question was to help ignite the people that I was trying to pull information from but it took a little while to, to get to that point for me. I'm curious, just based on like you being the guy who knows uh, the power of asking the right questions, like what, it, like what is the process that you've gone through or we should think about in how we should ask questions or when the right time to ask those questions are with the market?
1: I think it's always a good time to ask a question. And, and that question about like what sucks and what are we doing, quote unquote, wrong is a great place to start. Like, what are you doing that you know is is just simply checking a box because it's the thing that B2B marketers are supposed to be doing versus how you would actually do it if it was you and your decision alone. And it's never your decision alone unless you own the company and you are the marketer, right? But that that's the first question. Like, what am I what am I doing that I don't believe in? And and then, yeah, there is an element of some. Managing up, you've got you've got to make that case. You've got to help folks. Up. The thing that sucks for me about B two B marketing is we turn we try to turn everything into the goal is always lead generation. We try to turn everything into lead generation, and people can see right through it. We know it, we know immediately why. That's why the the question or the episode a couple episodes back resonated so well with me, and I was so interested in the conversation is because. Yeah, gating versus ungating content. That's great. For me, in a, in a marketing role where I am beholden to leads, the, the guest that you had on there said something that we say all the time we live and die by our leads. Every marketer has probably said that at some point in their career. We live and die by our leads. What am I giving up? And how can I justify this if we live and die by our leads to ungate content and give up leads? that's that's a big question, and people can feel like their job is on the line. I certainly would. But guess what? We're having that conversation now at the company that I'm at because of that episode and because of other things that I had come in contact with recently, you've got to ask those questions like, what sucks about this? And to go back to a question that I asked earlier, like, would i would this would this resonate would this work on me like quote unquote, work on me? Would I, Would I download that thing if it was somebody else? (laughs) Would I would I sign up for that webinar or live demo if if it were me on the other side and I was the one being marketed to? Most of the time, I think if we're being really honest with ourselves, we'd say no. I know I would. (laughs) If I'd be super, super honest here. So it's it it is. It's that question of what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Does it suck? Can I convince people above me? that it's not the right way to do things and prove out why the quote unquote right way to do things is the right way. I don't know if that answers your question, man. It I, it, I it,
0: it does. And it triggered kind of the second point earlier that I didn't mention just when I was talking about uh, what I observed and things, something that stood out from, from your profile on LinkedIn. But another thing you said is like, you rely heavily on your intuition to make decisions, and then backed by facts and data. And so, just applying like that quote from your profile to what you uh, just said, it sounds like you're on this exploration to think differently about the way you think about leads at the business. And you have instinct and intuition to say, "Hey, things have changed. Like this would not work on me, or I this would be a red flag for me." So you're going through that process now. I would just be curious, like, we, a big part of our role in marketers is like managing up, uh, trying to get other people to understand where we're coming from. Like, as you're in this process, trying to think differently about just like tracking, reporting leads, KPIs, all those things, how are you trying to gather kind of like that data and information along the way to help back up the story that you are trying to tell to make and drive change within the business that you're working, with, working in?
1: It's it's more to go back to a point you made earlier. It's more listening, right? It's it's more hearing from the sales team, just the the little anecdotes that they have. Like your sales team is a goldmine to understand how well or how not well your marketing is working. If if my if a member of my sales team, our sales team comes to me and says, "Hey, I was just doing a demo with this customer. Uh, they're thinking about signing up for several sites and." they mentioned that they saw this video or they they listened to this episode of the podcast and they really liked it and that was it like but that that's that's really cool like to to hear that an episode of our podcast or this video that they watched on our website was just randomly brought up in the middle of conversation not as the thing that got them to that conversation but just like oh you know what i i heard that episode of your podcast it was it was really well done i liked that like that that to me says there's building some affinity for who we are as a people, for the content that we're putting out. Those are the things that we've got to surface more. And if I think back to earlier on in my career, I was so egotistical with this. I, Because I didn't have a formal marketing background, I, I over-indexed on the measure everything part of, of a marketer. And so I would say things like, you're never gonna see you're never gonna see us as, as a marketing department do anything if we can't measure it. Like the audacity of that stupid, like me saying that. When I, when like you and I both know like you can't measure everything, you you just can't like the the problem in marketing, no matter what, is attribution. Like, what is the tipping point? What is the thing? We all know it's a, a collection of things that build up over time. Rarely is it that one interaction with that one thing. It's even, it even goes back into like, if I'm thinking in the B2C world, if I see an ad for a product that I had been thinking about buying and the serendipity of seeing that ad, how do you account for the fact that I was even thinking about that product in the first place? That's something that we as marketers can never attribute and never measure And for me to have the audacity to say back in my early days as a marketing leader, like, I'm never going to do anything if I can't measure it oh my gosh how far has the pendulum swung with me <laughs> in the last 15 years it's it's asinine to say that but we also have to be really good at as marketers of bringing up and surfacing to others those conversations or those those aspects where we've listened and we've we've parsed out the gold from those conversations whether it be with a customer with a sales team member who had a conversation with a customer like whether it be listening on uh, and and Viewing interactions on social media. How much is your stuff shared just organically? Like that? all that stuff. That's important stuff. That at the end of the day, I don't think we want to measure because we'll ruin it. If we if we can measure that stuff, marketers will ruin it.
0: <laughs> I, I think I I'm with you 100. And I think it's making ourselves a little bit vulnerable, letting letting go of some control that we had over everything that we did and every tactic and every campaign. And I believe that the more we let go. Of, and let things happen naturally, or like you have suggested, putting ourselves in the shoes of the buyer and thinking about it in a more modern or new way, the, the more we will learn. I'd love to maybe just close out with this regarding just questioning, curiosity. This is, this is a world that you you know have a podcast on, you think a lot about, for anyone who's listening to this episode and thinking maybe like, Hey, yeah, I'm not maybe asking enough questions or I'm not asking the right questions. How do I begin to implement better questioning in my day-to-day in the work that I do? What sort of advice that would you have for anyone out there who's wants to lean more into just curiosity and, um, just think, think more, uh, think about the work that they're doing in a different way.
1: Go back to my time as a sports writer to give you the example of what not to do first. <laughs> sports writers have this nasty little habit of writing the story before they've done the interviews. Uh, so you often hear on TV, on radio, or or just in a press room the talk about question: talk about your defense in the second half. How how good was it? And, and we're trying to guide because we've got the story written. We want to just insert the, the quote and go and leave. And we as marketers often can fall into that same trap where we go into a customer interview or we go into you know, a, a meeting and we have the assumption of what we already want to do. And so we ask the leading question, the guiding question, uh, the one that gets us to the answer that we already know we want. And so I, I call it the talk about question. Talk Talk about... Talk about your play. Talk about that last play. That was really something special, wasn't it? Like we're getting to them to just confirm what we already think. Now let's go back to what we all learned in elementary school: the the questions the who, the what, the where, the why, the how. If you can start asking questions that start with those, you're going to be in a good spot to hear some really cool stories from your customers, especially, especially why. And how now, now I can, I can, I can take it out to all of them, but when you think about asking a customer, how has your job changed since you started using our software or our our product That, that that's a lot more nuanced that that gives them a lot more freedom to think than coming in and asking the question, you, you use our product. What are you able to do with our product right now? Like, what, how do you like using our product? Like those those questions, if we, and those are what and how questions that I just gave. So maybe not a perfect example, but just remove what you think, you know, about how your customers, how the audience, how how your prospective customers is going to interact with you, your message, your content, and begin to get really, really curious and go back to elementary school and ask those, those questions, those open-ended questions. That's where I would start
0: back to the fundamentals, back to the basics, back to elementary school. I like it. How we close out there, Michael, this was fun before I let you go. It's a marketing podcast. So plug something where, where are we sending people?
1: My, my full-time job I'm the director of marketing at the receptionist. So we're a visitor management system. You can check out all of our work at the receptionist.com uh, on my on my side hustle, I guess you could say, I call myself an independent journalist. I have my podcast, The Follow-Up Question, which is exploring how we find common ground through the power of asking questions. So go check that out. It's michaelashford.com.
0: Awesome A premise. Everyone go check out Michael's work. Thank you so much for taking the time on the show. I'll have to have you back on soon.
1: Appreciate it, Brett. Thanks so much, man.
0: I gotta shout out my man, Jay kunzo for the referral Michael I love those connections getting to meet new people learning bring them on the podcast having them share their subject matter expertise hopefully you are enjoying that if you like what we're doing come back for more tell your friends most importantly get some rest this weekend take care of yourself take care of others around you we'll be back with more modern day marketer next week